Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. This is Chanela with... Hi, I'm Brian. Um, I'm a junior, at also who goes to Chanela School. Yeah, sure. Um, Brian, would you like to share like one of your interests? Oh, um, I love to draw. Actually, um, I have my own Instagram that I post stuff that I draw on. It's, yeah, I'm just one of my hobbies. Okay. Um, so today we're going to talk about the Latino and LGBTQ plus community. And first, we're going to talk about racism against the Hispanic community. So Brian, do you want to start with that? Um, yeah, okay. Um, definitely. Yeah, it's just, I feel like most uh, minorities can talk about it where it's like, they can talk about like, the experience that they had. Like, I know... <sighs> I think it was like 2016 when um, he who shall not be named was elected president. <laughs> um, definitely, I could like the day of when we went to school. I definitely could feel it around us. Um, and after they said that like my people should go back over the wall, and I was just like, I was just baffled because it's just like. In our school, there's like so much diversity and that kind of stuff. And it's like, you wouldn't think like, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. It's just like, that was my first kind of real like experience with that kind of stuff, you know? And then definitely like with the El Paso shootings in Texas, when they shot up that Walmart at home for me, because it was like, my grandfather goes to like Walmart all the time. And he, that's like, he loves going out and loves like just getting out there and walking around even if he's not going to buy anything and he goes with my sister and sometimes I go and it's all this kind of stuff and it's like it gets scary you know and I had like a nightmare about it where it's like there was a shooting and I couldn't do anything and it's like it just like that kind of like hit home you know yeah so um I really I really feel like ever since he who <laughs> shall not be named um, became president, like racism just became more in your face. Yeah. Sense. I just I felt. Think, yeah. I think it's like, there's definitely like before there was like, you know, like a little bit less where it's just like, maybe it was like smaller stuff that still would hit home. But it's like, it's a lot more like people are getting a lot more um, like out there, you know? They're getting too comfortable. Yeah, they're getting a little bit too comfortable with how they're... <laughs> and I felt um, like, yeah, he made them more comfortable with their racism, if that makes sense. And now I don't think racism like ever was less or more or anything. Yeah. I just feel like people feel too comfortable on acting out on their racism. Yeah. And there's definitely like, there's like all those clips online where it's just like, even if it's not like, let's say like Hispanic people, it's like a different minority where just like, if people are actually talking in different language, there'll be people who are like butting in being like, oh, like why learn English? Like now it's like, it just doesn't make sense. Like people don't really like, you know, mind their business. It's crazy because um, America doesn't even have an official language. It's just um. crazy. 
So now um, I think we could dive into colorism and I feel like this one's going to take a while, um, but do you want to introduce like how colorism affects the Hispanic community? Um, okay, so definitely there is, I would say there's like different levels and different like situations and that kind of stuff. Like I know, even as a, like a young kid, right? They would be like, my brain would be like, oh, I don't look or something like that you know mm -hmm. and there's definitely like that kind of stuff where it's just like if you don't look it's like white passing and all that kind of stuff where it's like do you actually have the right to talk about this kind of stuff if you don't look the part you know and then definitely there's the opposite where it's like um my mom I like my parents about this and there are like generations that are like don't don't speak Spanish don't be proud of your culture don't do this and that because you have to want to be like as white passing as possible to get like far in America. And there's definitely like that kind of like, you know, like privilege when it comes to what color your skin is. Like with Afro Latinos, I like, I feel for them because there are people who are trying to silence them, you know? And why do you think people are trying to silence them? I mean, I feel like this just ties back into like, you know, um, the colonialism, uh, yeah, like that kind of stuff where it's like, there was like ranking based on race and there's still kind of like is where it's like if you're like this then this is like this is how you rank in the society this is how people will see you and then there is like I know like in history there is a lot of pressure to like marry white people because then your children will have more privilege and there is that kind of thing you know is that is that pressure to like marry a white person still prevalent I definitely feel like even if it's less in your face, there definitely is like that kind of stigma where there's like, you wanna marry someone who is like a lighter skin tone. And I definitely feel like there are like people who, it's not for it to speak on everyone's behalf, but there are like, that it just still does exist. I know that in the Nigerian community, people value like lighter people more. Like people, like there's even, you know, there's like, there's words for it, like um, you, you. If you hear songs, like in, in in Nigerian languages, they constantly talk about a light skin, pretty Nigerian, and it's just like it becomes synonymous. So, like when you're younger, like when I was younger, I was like more light skinned, and as I grew older, my aunts would be like, "What happened to you? Like, why are you darker now? Like, you need to stay out of the sun and stuff like that." Mm. So I just feel as if that colorism can just be so damaging, especially if you're, especially if you're darker skin. And I feel like yeah. it's just one of those leftovers of white supremacy. Yeah, you can definitely see in the media too, because um, like just in general, like in films and like TV shows and that kind of stuff, there's definitely like a pressure to have more light skinned people, even if they're minorities. Um, and like an example would be like in the Heights where it's from Washington Heights. And if you look at pictures of that community, the film does not represent that, especially with the main cast. And I feel like that's just like really prevalent, you know? Yeah, I know for black, specifically black female representation, it's never a dark skinned female ever. Like it's yeah. always a biracial, um, or like a really, really light-skinned person. 
And um, I feel like that just sucks because over the years, like black girls have been getting less and less representation. And it kind of has to do with like the masculinization of black women and the over-sexualization of black men. And I just feel like, because like, I, I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure this also applies to Hispanic community, but I don't know why people feel the need to cater to whiteness when it comes to casting people. Yeah. Like whenever there is a Latina or Latino, they are always very light-skinned. And I feel like they just, like directors like to do the minimum amount of representation, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then there's also like all the that kind of stuff where it's like there are the like the tropes of like oh, uh, Latina that's fierce, yeah, and Latina that's bold, and it's like oh, but she's not as good as the nice calm white lady, and I'm like, it's just like even if there is representation, there is always going to be like those kind of stigmas. The stereo, I hate the stereotypes. Like, yeah. if they do cast a Latino or a Latina, they're always fitting a stereotype. She's a spicy Latina. She's fierce. She's in your face. She'll yell at you in Spanish. And I feel like it's just so weird. And yeah. if if there is a black girl who's probably not light skinned, I mean, she probably is. But if she's not, she's sassy. She gives her friend dating advice, but she doesn't date anybody. You know, it's just something that a lot of stereotypes that I feel exist within the media and I feel need to be eradicated. Yeah. So I'll ask you a question. How does being Latino contribute to your overall identity? Um, okay, so definitely I would say like it does have a large impact on like, you know, like things like food and like culture and all that kind of stuff, you know, um, especially like when like people, when people don't assume that you are Latino and then you have to tell them and it's like, cause people will always ask like, oh, where you're from? Like that kind of stuff, you know? Um, and I do feel like it, like I'm proud to be like Hispanic and I'm proud to like, like have my parents and my grandparents come from these places. Um, so I feel like it does like, it does stay with me, you know? I feel like I can relate to that on some level um, because when you're black in America, people don't really know your ethnicity. They just know your race. Um, so like when, um, since I'm Nigerian, I have like this cultural thing of like, there's like being black in America. And then there's an intersection between like my Nigerian um, identity. So like a lot of, it's just like, it's like really weird. I don't know how to explain it, yeah. but like, I am proud to be black, but sometimes it's just, sometimes I just feel like people just see me as black and I'd yeah. want people to see me as, oh, my ethnicity, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's definitely like a lot of that where it's just like people assume, like, I like, especially with the Latino community and that kind of stuff, there is like, a large thing where it's like, oh, there's like two countries that, are Lat that Latino people come from. It's Mexico and it's like, and it's one of the other ones, you know? And it's just like, it, that does get, like play in a part. And I definitely know like from experience, there is like, like as a kid, right? Like there's just like some words that your family will say and it will always be like those couple words. And then like you go to school and then some people just don't know what those words mean. Um, like, 
um, the Spanish word for living room is sala, right? And my whole family just says sala. And then like the first day of school, I came in and they had us write like a little thing. And I was like, oh, I love like playing with my um, siblings in the sala. And my teacher was like, what word is that? <laughs> it's just like, um, and like as a kid, you can't comprehend that. You can't comprehend that people refer to things differently, you know? Yeah. For me, it's kind of similar, but I could barely speak English when I first started school. So I spoke Igbo primarily. Like if the teacher talked talk to me, I would talk to her in Igbo. And uh, Igbo is a Nigerian language. So I actually, like my teacher had to talk to my mom and like, oh, she's actually not even speaking English. So, you know, she, my mom had to crack down on that. Um, so I, it's like, these cultural differences that are so prevalent in our lives that like make up our identity as people. So like, what is your favorite part of Latino culture? Like, I know you already mentioned like stuff, but like specifically what's like your favorite thing? Um, my favorite thing, I mean, it has to be the food. Like, if, <laughs> I I just love like the food that are like, you know, like that comes from like the heart and like all that kind of things, you know? And like one of my favorite dishes is arroz con leche. Amazing, it's the best. I, I love to make it. I love it. Um, I went to um, Puerto Rico like a couple of years ago and, um, and my great grandmother made me some and it was just the best. And it was just the best like bonding experience. Cause that's like, that just like, you know like she passed it on to um, my grandmother and then my grandmother passed it to my dad and it's like you know it goes on through the generations you know yeah amazing um for me i guess in my culture my favorite thing is either the music or the food and i don't know what my favorite dish is right now because i eat them all the time i think either like meat pie or vegetable soup i don't know or pepper soup i don't know but yeah, I think like for, for Nigerian food, like it's it, it really depends like who makes it. Because um, actually in the African community, there's like a war between Nigerians and Ghanaians over who makes the best jollof rice. Personally, it's Nigerians, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I guess that's what I like about my culture. Like Africans in general, we already have like a bond and then it's like Nigerians. And then it's Evo's, like that's how specific it is um, because of colonized, wow. Okay, colonization, um, you know, you know how like the Berlin conference, they split off, yeah. So there's a bunch of different ethnicities in Nigeria. So mm -hmm. I think that's something I really enjoy. Um, so another question, like what are your personal core values? um okay so I would say like definitely like stuff like family and that kind of stuff and education I feel like is a huge thing especially since um like my dad he came from Africa and like went through all this process and he like wished he was able to go to like college and that kind of stuff you know and so I feel like a teacher so <laughs> I definitely feel like my family does give me that pressure to like you know like go to college or at least like figure out like education-wise and put your full effort into this kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. 
totally that's mm, that's what my family does too in the Nigerian community it's like so prevalent that like you have to go like I don't know their session with Harvard but they're obsessed with Harvard they're like in Nigeria like the only college they know is Harvard so they like they're they're obsessed with education they're like you have to get all A's you have to study uh, you know stuff like that so I really do think that a lot of immigrant families place an emphasis um, on education because a lot of them were not able to get one yeah definitely so how so I'm gonna start talking about you know LGBTQ so do so um has being LGBTQ heavily affected your mental health um okay so okay so I definitely feel like there are like you know it's like um portrayal in the media where it's like if it's like an LGBT, it has to be like either end poorly for both of them or they have to go through a lot of trauma to like have that relatability. Um, but I definitely do feel like, I think I, I can't speak on everyone's experience and that kind of stuff, but I was really lucky. Um, my mom's really accepting of me and she provides a great support and so do my siblings and that kind of stuff. Um, I definitely do feel like it can have a heavily like impact depending on like that fear that you you have of like telling your parents and like that kind of anxiety. And there are definitely like, you know, stories about this kind of stuff. Um, but I do think like, I do think it's like, it's one of, it's not like a whole thing. It's just like one portion of like that kind of like, you know, where it's like, you don't know if every person you meet is gonna like hate you based on this one little thing, you know? But then it's like, it could be like all this other kind of stuff, like just like stress and like school and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, I I'm, I totally sympathize because I don't think I would have been accepted by my family if that was the case, you know, because they're just traditionalists. Like, I don't know. I don't really know their views on it. It is like a huge like stigma, especially like even within like minorities where there is that kind of thing where it's like most minorities don't understand that kind of stuff and it would be hard to explain it. And then there's also that fear that comes with it because it's like, like it's either like, oh, they're traditional or all this kind of stuff. But like they don't understand like kind of like this like new wave of like information and that kind of stuff and the changes that happen in society, you know? Yeah. And then it's, and then you get like scared to like, you know, like ask or bring it up or any of that kind of stuff. Cause you don't like, you know, you don't want to like know if like, oh, you know. Yeah, and I think it's such a privilege to not want to know. <laughs> like not having to have that discussion at all is such a privilege and I really do sympathize with minorities who are LGBTQ and you know other people who just have parents who aren't accepting in general like it must be so hard um to deal with that. And then like there's especially like even without that there's like oh like there's still that pressure of like you know, like toxic masculinity and all that kind of stuff. And like, like, oh, men are supposed to behave like this. Females are supposed to behave like this. If you dress like this, then that means you're this, you know? So like, would you say like toxic masculinity has like affected like you in some way? Um, I would say definitely. Like, I definitely feel like if I, 
I definitely feel like in general, like these kinds of things do affect how people, because like not everyone wants to, um, okay. Not, I feel like some people want to express themselves in certain ways, correct. And I feel like there is that kind of fear that if I express myself in this way, something bad will happen, you know? Right. And there is that kind of knowledge like, oh, this person, my family, if I dress this way to this event, then I might get yelled at, I might get like thing, you know? And like, might get like basically kicked out of your family. So I definitely feel like there are those kind of fears, you know? So do you have like, is, do you have like mm, a lot of fears about like being kicked out of your family? Cause I feel like I see that a lot um, happen to people who are part of this community. Yeah. Um, okay. So in general, no. I'd like to say no. I'd like to say no. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Like, do I think maybe some extended family might dislike certain things? Yes. <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to believe that my immediate family would not have any problems, even though I haven't come out to all of them. And I think, um, so yeah, there's a lot of fears, like, you know. And there's a lot of hesitation when it comes to that because I definitely would like to be outside of the house just in case, you know, have like some security in that. Wow. Um, wow. That is very, that is very, that's a lot of, <laughs> that's a lot of concerns to have at such a young age. Um, I feel like yeah, I couldn't even fathom being in your shoes. I mean, I definitely think it's, like, something that, like, a lot of LGBT youth have. And it's just, like, even when I came out to my mother, I feel like there was a lot of anxiety around that, you know? Yeah. So how do you feel, like, I feel like you already talked about this, but, like, what do you think is, like, the overall attitude towards LGBTQ plus in the Latino community? I definitely feel like there, there's multiple things about this. There's like, there is like this new kind of community that's building around this kind of stuff. And it's like, like expressing this and being proud of this and appreciating it and all that kind of stuff. I definitely do feel like there is a lot of stigma against it though as well. And I definitely feel like there is that kind of, you know, back and forth around this kind of like topic where some people are stuck in their old ways and like hate it will discriminate against people for it and that kind of stuff you know yeah and I and I don't mean to be controversial but I do feel like a lot of it has to do with religion um because in Nigeria like people are obsessed like it's like 50% Muslim 50% Christian but like on the Christian side because you know I'm not Muslim um I feel like a lot of uh you know, Nigerians have extremely, like, it's, like, so weird, like, it's, like, half conservative, half left, you know, like, I don't really get it, but um, they have really, um, you know, conservative views, and I feel like it's a lot, it has a lot to do with the history of colonization in Nigeria, and the history of, like, the internal conflict that happened. I definitely feel like that is, like, 
you know, we're everywhere where Europeans colonize, there is that kind of like thing of like Christianity. Um, and I definitely do feel like that does play a part in it because I do feel like there is that kind of like, like those kind of thoughts where it's like, oh, the Bible says this. So that means like, you know, even though there's so many things that the Bible says and there's so many like, even like the part where it says, where people claim that it says that it's a mistranslation, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I definitely feel like there is that kind of like, I guess like hypocrisy where it's just like, I'm going to pick and choose what I feel um, the Bible wants me to say, you know? Yeah. And I also feel like even though things are still pretty like, I, things are getting better for the LGBTQ plus, I just, I also feel like a lot of people who are older don't realize their sexuality. Um, I see it all the time in like the media where someone's mom would say like, oh, I'm attracted to girls all the time. You just don't act on it. Well, like, well, ma'am, not yeah. everyone is. I definitely can like, yeah, there's definitely that kind of stuff. And I definitely like, even if like they were born in like, like say last 20 years or something, there is still that kind of like stigma because like, I don't think we like, our, at least our like, our like school or our generation or that kind of stuff realizes how like recent it was like Frozen is older than the right for gay marriage. And I think that's kind of, those kind of facts are like crazy because it's like, it happens like, I think it was like 2015. And I think those kind of facts are crazy because I don't think we realize like, cause we are so like, I definitely feel like we have like, kind of like a little bit of privilege in that to like not have to like think about like, oh, if I want to get married, I physically cannot in the US. And I think that's crazy. Like, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, so soon we're gonna wrap up, but um, with the final say, I'm just gonna say that um, I do think that um, colonization has a lot to do with our discussion today pertaining to racism, colorism, and the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and I feel like, um, we at least I feel our society is kind of moving forward um, despite yeah. things not being like the, the way I feel it could, sh it could be. Yeah, I definitely do like see those kind of stuff. And I'm hoping things will get better, you know, but there's always that kind of like back and forth that like people are arguing about if certain people should get rights, yeah. which is the weirdest thing. And I definitely do feel like colonization does play a large part in this because like if you deep if you go if you dig really deep into the history, there are so many LGBT representations that colonization just erased because they felt like it was wrong, you know? So thank you, Brian, for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. Um and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.